And we're going to refer to all of those Bible readings this evening, so you might want to just um, put a few bookmarks in there now, that would be helpful. But the first one we're looking at is Acts chapter 1, on page 1084. The outline is in the bulletin in the center. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather together this evening in freedom and in peace as your people. And Father, we pray that as we uh, consider your word that you have spoken about your Son, we pray that you would help me to preach it faithfully and in the power of your Spirit, and that you'd help each one of us to respond rightly to your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, this week we all have witnessed the unprecedented and historic events of GE14. Uh, the first change in government in over 60 years since independence. Uh, voters braving heat and distance to cast their vote. The return of um, uh, Dr. Mahatia from retirement. Uh, sworn in as Prime Minister at the record age of 92 years old. Well, judging from uh, Facebook, uh, many of us have spent a fair bit of time there. Uh, many of us have shed tears, have uh, shared words of hope. Many of us now look to the future uh, in anticipation of, of a new Malaysia, of a new era, truly united and fair. Of course, there will also be among us this evening many who did not vote for the government, perhaps now feel uh, disillusioned or disappointed uh, or even alienated from the rest. Now, it's vital this evening we remember that uh, the church is not a political party, uh, that our, our unity in Christ far transcends who we vote for. And now, more than ever, we must strive to love one another, uh, to accept one another despite our political opinions as we look forward to the future of Malaysia. And despite the, the enormity and, and the significance of the events that have transpired before us this week, uh, there is something even more important that we need to focus our attention on this evening. Uh, tonight, we must remember the ascension of Christ. Now, tonight we must remember that, that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who, who sits on the throne of heaven. Now, today we must remember that the, the new era that we hope for will ultimately be brought only by Him. So let us consider the ascension of Christ and its significance for us all. Well, the first thing uh, we must remember this evening is that the ascension of Christ shows that Jesus has been enthroned as king over all. Now, the kingship of Jesus is a, is a big theme in Acts uh, chapter 1. Uh, in verse 3, we're, we're told what Jesus did for those 40 days before he ascended into heaven. Uh, he gave many proofs that he was alive, uh, and he taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. Uh, he did that so that we would have absolute confidence 
He really was alive. Now, he really was the king of God's kingdom, and he could bring the dawn of that new age. Now, and so in anticipation, the disciples asked Jesus a question in verse 6. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, they're thinking, is now the time, Jesus, to, to overthrow the Romans, uh, to, to bring in that era promised by the Old Testament prophets of, of righteousness and peace and, and, and prosperity? Uh, but their question uh, shows just how, how short-sighted their thinking really is. Uh, they have in mind uh, a, a socio-political kingdom located in Israel, confined to the Jews. Then again, uh, perhaps we are tempted to do the same, to, to put all of our hopes on an earthly kingdom. But in verses 8 to 11, Jesus wants us to understand that, that, that his kingdom is to be worldwide. It is to be every nation every people. Uh, and so in verse 8, he, he commissions his disciples. They, they are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, uh, to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus ascends, not to the throne of Israel, but to the throne of heaven itself. It's described there in verse 9. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Uh, the image of the cloud is uh, used throughout Scripture as a, as a symbol for God's presence. Uh, in the book of Exodus, God leads his people with the pillar of clouds. He descends on the mountain in, in, in a cloud. And, and as they build the tabernacle, the cloud of God's glory fills the tabernacle. And so as Jesus uh, is taken up into heaven and, uh, and hidden by the cloud, we should be in no doubt. Uh, he's gone to the very presence of God, exalted as, as king in heaven itself. And there are two Old Testament prophecies that, that really help us grasp the significance of this. Uh, the first was our Old Testament reading from, from Daniel chapter 7. Uh, it's on page uh, eight, eight, seven, and in Daniel chapter seven, he he sees a vision of one like a son of man, coming on the clouds of heaven, and this this son of man, this human, is brought to God and receives from him glory and dominion, and a kingdom, and we're told that this this kingdom will be universal. All peoples, all nations, all languages should serve him. And we're told it's a kingdom that would be eternal. It will be an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And, and, and so as, as Jesus ascends to the heavens and is taken to the clouds, we are meant to recognize that that, that glorious Son of Man prophesied in Daniel is Jesus himself. Uh, exalted on high, and enthroned as king, given a, a universal kingdom of all nations that he might rule forever. The, the second key passage is the psalm that we sang, Psalm 110. Uh, and there in the, the very first verse, God says to his king, 
Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Uh, uh, once again, it's a, it's a prophecy that will be fulfilled by, by Jesus himself. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 declares that, that God raised Jesus from the dead and, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And so the ascension of Jesus shows us that, that Jesus has been enthroned as king over all. He is the ruler of the nations, uh, sovereign of the cosmos. And this kingdom will last not only for now, but into eternity. See, our gaze then is to be fixed, not on Putrajaya, but on heaven, where he will reign forever. Well, secondly, the ascension of Christ shows us that Christ will return as the judge of all. Christ will return as the judge of all. You see, even though Christ has already been enthroned as king in heaven, uh, we don't really see the, the full reality of that rule right now. And it's a bit like that in Malaysia at the moment. Our, our new prime minister has been sworn in. Uh, his manifesto has been announced. The cabinet has been uh, appointed. But it's really only in the future that we're going to see the, the full reality of what this, this new rule is going to be like. Uh, and so with Christ, uh, though he's been enthroned as, as king now, ruling in heaven, it's only in the future when, when he returns as the judge of the world that, that, that his rule is going to be seen and recognized universally. And so even as we look back on the ascension of Christ as king, so we also must look forward to his return. The ascension is not just proof that he's been enthroned king now. It's the assurance of his return as our judge. And so the angels remind the disciples of this in verse 10. While they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men, their angels, stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so right now, uh, Christ's rule is, is failed. He's, he's, he's in heaven. Uh, his rule is visible really only in the church and in the testimony of his people. But one day Jesus will return. Uh, and on that day, every knee will bow. Uh, every tongue will confess him as Lord. He will return in splendor and majesty and every human being will stand before him as their judge. Psalm 110 uh, began with the ascension of the king. But it ends looking forward to, to, the, to the day of judgment God is bringing. Psalm 110 verse 5 says this, The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. 
He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter cheeks over the wide earth. And those words will be fulfilled when Jesus returns as the judge. You see, on that day, all who have opposed the righteous rule of Jesus will be justly judged. And on that day, we're told not, not even kings or, or rulers will escape. His, his triumph will be total. His, his justice will be complete in every way. Now, we might wince at that, that notion of a, of a judgment day where, where each one of us will stand before Jesus and, and give an account of our lives. But actually, deep down, this is what we long for. We all long for justice. We all long for the evils of the past to be uncovered and judged, unless, of course, they are our own. And we know that if any kingdom is to be filled with, with righteousness and, and justice, it, it must be absolutely committed to expelling all wickedness from it. And so the ascension of Jesus assures us, not only is he king in heaven now, ruling over all, but he will return as the judge to bring the perfect justice that we long for. See, we will never have uh, true justice in this world. It's right that we long for it. It's right that we strive for it. But in the end, it is only Jesus who will bring that true justice in the end. Well, thirdly, the ascension of Christ shows us that Christ is for preparing a place in heaven for all of his people. Uh, you may remember that uh, some years back, uh, St. Mary's opened a, a church plant uh, in Ampang, a, a new congregation. Uh, it was called ACA, Ascended Christ Anglican, and it was on the first floor of a shop lot uh, near Tasco Ampang. I think we were just trying to get a little bit closer to heaven, maybe a bit more holy, something like that. And uh, each uh, Sunday, as the, the congregation would ascend the stairs, you would hear the jokes, uh, Jesus ascended to heaven, and now we're ascending too to meet him. But actually, that, that really is the, the testimony of, of Scripture. As Jesus ascended to heaven, so also is his promise that, that all who will put their trust in him will likewise ascend with him to heaven one day. Uh, in fact, Ephesians chapter 2 uh, tells us that, that, that spiritually speaking, this has already happened. We've been raised from spiritual death to life and, and seated with Christ in, in the heavenly places. We are, we are in Christ, in glory. But, but what is only uh, a reality spiritually now, the promise is that one day it will be a physical reality as, as Jesus himself returns and, and brings us his people with him to be with him in heaven. Uh, we read of this reality in, in John chapter 14. It was our gospel reading. Just uh, flip back a couple of pages to it. John 14, page 1074. And Jesus says to his disciples, 
let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And so there's a there's wonderful, comforting promise of Jesus in those words. He is our, our pioneer who's gone before us. On, on the cross, he, he, he died and he took the punishment that our sins deserve. But as he was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven, he, he went ahead of us. He went ahead to prepare a place in heaven that he might come back and bring us to be with him. You see, the, the, the promise here is that if, if we will just trust in Jesus and his death, then there is no longer any need to fear the day when he returns as judge. No, it will be a, a joyful day. For the, the, the blood that has washed away our every sin is also the guarantee that he's reserved a place. There's a banquet table booked, if you like, for you in heaven so that he returns, not simply as our judge, but as our saviour. We read of this wonderful promise in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And, and, and that passage is, is describing our, our own ascension as, as Jesus returns and resurrects us from our graves and we ascend with him into the clouds, into heaven itself. What a glorious promise. What a wonderful future. Jesus has gone ahead of us. And that is our assurance that we, his people, will one day follow him. And the ascension of Christ shows us that Christ has been enthroned as king over all. That Christ will return as the judge of all. And Christ is preparing a place in heaven for all his people. Well, what then is our response? Well, the most uh, fundamental response here is, of course, that we, we submit to Jesus as, as the rightful ruler of our lives. I mean, just imagine if uh, after the elections that someone uh, thought to themselves, look, you know, I, I didn't really like the new parliament. You know, I don't think I'm going to bother to follow any of the new laws. That would be very foolish indeed, wouldn't it? And it's the same with Christ. Well, if Christ has already been enthroned as, as king in heaven, if he's coming back as, as your judge and mine, then it would be very foolish indeed, isn't it, to, to, to go on living life as if that has not already happened. Very foolish. For Christ is king, and when he returns, we will all give account to him. He demands each one of us that we repent and submit our lives 
under his righteous rule. So have you done that? If you like, have you, have you recognized that Jesus has, has already been sworn in? He's always already ankat sumpa by the greatest supreme algong in the world, God himself. Have you submitted your life to him? That really is far more important than GE 14, isn't it? Well, secondly, set your hope on the ascended king. And the language of hope is very powerful indeed, isn't it? We've, again, we've seen that this week. And in the face of opposition and, and hardship, when, when everything seems against us, hope spurs us on. Hope makes all the difference. But it's also important that we put our hope in the right place. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 146, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. And you see, if we, we, we put our hopes in, in, in other humans, no matter how good they are or how powerful they are or, or how committed they are, to their cause, ultimately our hopes will be dashed. For no human ruler is perfect. Uh, no human ruler has the power to live on forever. And, and, and no human ruler, no matter how committed they are, can change the human heart. Instead, we are to put our hope in the Lord, to, to, to fix our eyes on Him. Psalm 146 ends declaring, the Lord will reign forever, your God, to all generations. The governments come and go. It is the Lord on whom we must place our ultimate hope. It is the Lord Jesus who is the one who will reign forever. And he is the perfect ruler who can change us from the inside out, who has secured our place in heaven. And, and you see, with, with that hope, we, we can face whatever is ahead, whether good or, or bad, whether hardship or, or joy. We can, we can live and work and pray every day with this, with this unshakable hope because we know that our King sits on the throne it does not matter. We, we do not need to despair if, if things uh, don't work out in the future as we hope that they will. Because as Christians, our, our hope is not on earth. Our hope is in heaven, where our King has gone ahead of us. Well, thirdly, surrender your worries to the ascended King. Surrender your worries. The ascension of Christ makes all the difference, not only to the future, but also to the present. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us that uh, Jesus is not just uh, sitting, sitting idly on the throne of, of heavy, heaven, having a kind of holiday or something like that. He's our high priest. 
He's interceding for us. He, he knows our weaknesses. He sympathizes with our needs. He, he's, he's got grace to help us. And so Hebrews 4.16 uh, encourages us, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It was wonderful, isn't it, in the, in the lead-up to the elections to see just how many Christians were praying. And, and that is right, isn't it? When we're, when we're anxious about what the future will bring, then of course we should bring it to the Lord in prayer. We remember that the one in whose name we pray is, is seated in heaven on the throne. He cares about our struggles. He died for us. He has the power to help. He is almighty. And he has grace for our time of need. We can pray. No matter what comes, surrender your worries to the ascended king. And finally, spread the gospel of the ascended king. And uh, here we remember that uh, commission that Jesus gave the disciples just before he ascended to heaven. It's there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That makes sense, isn't it? I mean, if Jesus really has been exalted as the king over all, if he's really returning as the judge to whom every knee will bow, every tongue confess, then the only right response is that we proclaim this news of his rule to all of the earth, to, to, to call on people from every tribe and nation, language, to turn to Jesus and submit to him, put their hope in him. And I think this is something that we really need to be convinced of. That ultimately, the greatest need of all Malaysians is not just justice or integrity or unity, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of their sins, the hope of eternal life. That's what they really need, isn't it? Of course, it's a daunting prospect to imagine how we will uh, engage in this mission of sharing the gospel with those around us. We have the encouragement here that God has poured out His Spirit upon us to empower us for this mission. We'll think more of that next week. But this week, just consider how many of us have have proudly shared on Facebook the news of our new politicians. wonder how many of us proudly share with our friends the glorious hope that comes from our ascended King. Actually, that is far more important, isn't it? And if we've really understood the ascension of Jesus, then it will overflow into our lips as we joyfully proclaim our hope in our King who sits on the throne. 
Well, it certainly has been an unprecedented and historic week for Malaysia. My eye bags are still trying to recover. Only time will tell what is in store for the future. But whether or not uh, we rejoice in the change of government or whether or not we think our country is moving forwards or backwards, what we must really grasp this evening is this, that this new era for which we long, actually it's, it's already dawned. 2,000 years ago, as our Savior died and rose and ascended to heaven, the era of his reign has already dawned. And the full reality of that rule in his perfect kingdom, well, it's coming soon. Here is our unshakable hope. All who trust in him will one day ascend with him to spend eternity in the glories of his perfect kingdom. That's where to fix our eyes. Let us submit to his rule, set our hope on his kingdom, surrender to him our worries, and spread the news of his rule to all the world. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are indeed sovereign over all the nations. And Father, we thank you that you are in control of all that is happening in our country today. But more importantly, we thank you that you have sent your Son to die and rise, to ascend to heaven, that he is enthroned even now and will return one day to bring that perfect justice and kingdom that we're looking for. And so, Father, even as we, we hope for the days ahead here in Malaysia, we pray that you would help us to set our hope ultimately on Jesus, to surrender to him our, our fears and concerns, and to proclaim his rule to all who are around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.